Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm alive. I'm doing <laughs> well. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Uh, folks, Christian lost his cell phone today, so he's... Uh, I'm a little sad. He's missing his better half, but uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're very excited to uh, invite all the way over from the UK, and it's your evening right now, Rav, uh, but Rav Bambra, thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast in your evening. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? It's a brilliant day. The sun is out. We haven't had any rain today, so it's uh, wonderful to join you both tonight. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Rav, Rav we're so excited. I, I know uh, we've, we've tried to organize a, f- a few times, and this is the uh, third time was the charm, even though we can, even with this third time, we had a little <laughs> bit of an audio blip, but the, we made the stars align. You're on, you're on the show, and we're super, super excited to have you here. Yeah, so I'm going to get the first question here. First of all, I'm also a, a UK citizen as well. Whereabouts in the UK are you situated right now? I'm in a little city called Bristol. Um, it's uh, on the west side of England, um, and it's near, I suppose, if you went past Bristol, you'd end up in Devon and Cornwall. So surface paradise in the UK. Southwest. Very good. My family's mostly from the Northeast. So we are what you call Geordies. <laughs> yeah. I like it up there. Do you, have you been there? They have a brilliant accent. Yeah. They definitely do. You, need, you need subtitles. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so help us to get to know you a little bit. What is your uh, career story so far to get you where you are today? So I've spent 30 glorious years working in the tech industry. Um, I fell into it accidentally. Um, Originally, I wanted to be a mathematics professor at university. And um, the day that I went to university, they didn't have enough students to enroll onto the course. So they put me onto an IT postgraduate. And they said, oh, if you like math, you'll enjoy IT. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But uh, being the only girl, amongst about well, one of three girls i would say amongst 30 guys you can imagine the imposter syndrome that set in uh so i absolutely hated um the the year that i spent at university doing my post-grad and didn't want to have anything to do with technology um but i finally found my way into technology because a recruiter kept hassling me and telling me to go and work for this amazing company called CompuServe, which was going to bring us the internet and, and change our world forever. And uh, that was my first taste of technology, and I've never looked back since. And so today, um, I'm a founder of two businesses. I'm founder of a company called Structured People, which is a diversity consultancy, helping leaders and businesses um, set up their diversity strategies, and leading it from the top. Um, and I also am a founder of Kajigo, which is the UK's first mobile mentoring platform supporting girls and women into STEM careers. I'm also a speaker. I get to do the circuit, which is absolutely amazing, talking about this topic that I absolutely love, women in tech. Um, I get to sit on some boards. I do lots of different things. I wear many different hats. And uh, where, I get, where I am today, I think I, this has been the most exciting time of my life so far. I, I would say I'm living my best life in my 50s. Um, and that is all to do with being a woman in tech. That's awesome, Rav. I, I just think back to your experience in uh, university there. Uh, you weren't really interested in technology. What is the climate like today, generally speaking, for, for women and, and young women uh, to get involved in tech? Is there a, a stronger interest these days? Surprisingly, we're still facing those low numbers. 
um, let me put it in perspective for you with the millions of pounds that are being invested in diversity initiatives to help increase that ratio of women in tech. That ratio has only moved upwards by 3% in the last 13 years. It goes to show that we are doing something wrong. Otherwise, we would, we would, would have made a difference years ago. So um, with the work that I've been doing at Structured People, we set about doing um, research with women in industry to find out what was holding them back from exploring a career in technology. But also, we have to look at that whole pipeline. We have a very small talent pool right now to recruit from, but that talent pool is shrinking. And if the future generation do not see tech in their future, we are losing out on so much innovation for everywhere this technology world is taking us. And whilst we were doing our research in schools, it was very interesting to see, you know, everything changing now. I mean, girls are using technology every single day, but they don't want to work in technology. Why is that? Are we not demystifying technology careers? What can we do better? And for me, I think doing that research led us into running incredible programs that have had a lot of impact with changing that ratio for women in tech with Kajigo. So it's really putting a positive spin on what we're reading about in industry. And one of the greatest things that always sticks in my mind is when I first started working with young girls three years ago, and we were telling them how great the tech industry was, the first thing they said to me was, well, if less than 20% of women work in the tech industry and they're facing so many barriers and challenges, why would I want to go and work in that industry? I can go and work somewhere else, which is easy to get into, and I'm not going to be facing these challenges and barriers. And that really got me thinking about what can we do differently? Let's put a positive spin on why more girls need to work in the tech industry. Let's forget about these negatives. Let's forget about sharing these ratios with them. Let's talk about what they can be in the future. Let's talk about how they can tie tech to their passions and really live a fulfilling and rewarding career, which is going to feel like a passion and not feel like a job. Ravi, I mean, you and I have known each other for quite some time. I absolutely love the energy and passion that, that you bring to um, doing diversity and, and equity. And um, I guess my, my, my question is, because you know, you're talking again about the, the, the pipeline, what about women who are already in the tech field over the past, let's say, decade plus, are you seeing like, more of them leaving the field? Has that number gone down or more of them burning out? I'm just curious what, what, what again, your, your research and studies have shown. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things there, really. Um, when we've seen women leaving the industry, that has really been accelerated during the pandemic. You know, women working from homes, women um, taking full responsibility or most of the responsibility with their families in the, at home as well. Um, and sometimes that pressure builds up. But also, let's look at how much support they're getting in that workplace. You know, some of these women are working in that mid-level role and they want to move up into that senior level role, but they're not getting those positions. And why is that? Are they not getting the support and guidance that they need from, you know, their line managers, directors, or is there not enough mentoring and support to help these women up that career ladder? So yes, we see the, the low numbers there, definitely, because if you look at senior management, we are, you know, probably at 25% at this moment in time, women in leadership, but those numbers definitely could be better. Um, but looking at women in industry as a whole, I think breaking into tech 
there is a challenge there. Women are interested in, in working in all sorts of careers within tech. We've seen lots of women now um, taking up boot camps, doing Code First Girls courses in the UK. I mean, that's really blown up. But what we find is once they've done these courses, they still find it very difficult to break into tech. And sometimes we say, you know, we want to we want to fix women. It's not women that we need to fix. We need to fix the systems. We need to actually provide more training to hiring managers. You know, remove that unconscious bias, make that process seamless. Why do we need to make it so difficult for women to guess how they need to perform in these um, interviews? Let's let's put it all out on the table for them. Let's tell them what they really need to bring how they need to show up so we can get them into those roles. And, you know, it, sometimes it seems easy when someone's saying, you know, this is all we need to do. But I think there's lots of policies that need to be changed internally within organizations that a lot of work to be done, but we can do it and we can get there. I love how you lay it out there that, that at the end of the day, this is not an unsolvable problem, right? That there's, uh, there's still, like you said, there are obviously hard work that needs to be done. Just needs that level of, of, of commitment, you know, so, I guess my follow-up question to that would be, you know, for our listeners and viewers who are, you know, watching or listening to you today, what what's one thing that they could start doing, um, you know, in order to make sure that they're able to keep being part of the solution and not part of the problem? So for organizations, um, for these leaders, I would just say make a commitment to diversity and inclusion and don't make it a tick box. We've seen that for so long. You know, you're holding a women in tech event or you're telling the world on social media that we care about diversity, but really what does that mean to you? You know, give some extra training to all your hiring managers, take a look at what they're doing, really invest in your people. And also um, look, at, look at the areas where you're not looking for women. You know, we see people hiring talent from these top universities across the UK. If you're looking to increase diversity in your teams, Go to places where you've never looked before. This is where they're sitting and this is where you're going to reach them. So go into those communities and those pockets that are underrepresented. Go and talk to them. Find out how they can make the move and help them into your organization. Um, that is how you create meaningful change. And so for women out there who are looking to move into the tech industry, I would always recommend getting a mentor. You know, they offer so much wisdom, so much guidance and support. They've been in the shoes before and they are the ones who can help you open up new opportunities, expand your networks and help you get in through the door when you're looking to move into that, that first role in tech. That's awesome. You know, and, and I absolutely love what you've done with, with Kaji going on. I know I was very fortunate to be a, a mentor for uh, for a spell there with uh, someone in the UK. And it's just so amazing that I mean, you've set up that type of platform to really help facilitate that, you know, and um, in, in, in a real quick question you know, on that notion of even looking at this from a grassroots perspective uh, and there's still prevailing stereotypes, you know, where um, when we talk about even, even like rules in cybersecurity as an example, people think oh, I have to be a hacker or that, that, that type of thing. Um, is this again sort of a, I guess a top down and bottom up type type approach here, where we still need to very much have uh, movement at the grassroots level to try and break down some of these, like you said, their biases and uh, just stereotypes? Because it's uh, I know when I've spoken to students at various levels, university, college, or high school, and when I mention cybersecurity careers, they 
you know, often we'll say, well, we're not, a, I'm not a hacker. I don't, I don't want to do that. So uh, how do we, how do we keep doing that? Is it just, just having conversations, breaking down those stereotypical walls? I, I think the first place you really always start is, you know, what does cyber mean in today's world? You know, it's really linked to AI. It's really linked to, it is more than hacking. It's really about making sure that every business today is looking after their business, you know, making sure that they have the, the building blocks up in place to make sure that no one is actually going to disrupt and bring them down. But when you, when you talk about hacking, that I think it, a few years ago is what we connected with when we talked about cybersecurity. But, you know, demystifying that, and we get to do that very well in schools. You know, we get role models to talk about all the different roles that they do within that cybersecurity space. So young girls really get to understand what being in cyber really does mean today. Uh, so well said. Well, um, two uh, last very quick questions. One is, I know you were uh, selected to be a delegate to, to the UN. I was wondering if you could just quickly share um, how that came to be, what, what, what that ends up looking like, because I thought that was just super cool. I've never met anyone who, who's actually been going to the UN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this year, CSW67, this uh, Commission on Status of Women and Girls, it's the 67th session this year. Um, they reached out to women who wanted to take part. I think there was over 3,000 women taking part in that just in the UK, bringing them together. But really, it was about spreading that awareness you know, what can we do for women and girls in, in today's world? So the theme this year was digital. So making sure that every girl and every woman had access to digital and technology. And that's not, that's not talking about careers in digital and technology. It's really about how can we use digital and tech for good to help women and girls all around the world. So when you think about poverty, when you think about access to education, when you think about abuse, um, there's all sort of areas where we can actually start to support women so they're not facing any challenges and barriers to living the life that they should be leading in this world. I mean, today, we, every citizen around, anyone around the world um, should be able to live their life the way they choose to live their life. Nothing should hold them back. And we have all this technology at our fingertips to, to change the world um, and make it work for everyone. And that is really the message behind it. Uh, wonderfully empowering words to end today's uh, episode, Rav. Uh, just thank you for being such a shining beacon of, of energy and, and hope and, and inspiration. And thank you for all the amazing work that you do to make the world a uh, more compassionate, more equitable place. And thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast today. Um, very last quick question. Where can people reach out to you? Should they um, want to? I was wondering when you were going to say that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I want to invite everyone in Canada to come and be, be part of the Kajigo journey and come and join our community. Kajigo is accessible on um, any all the apps, the App Store and Google Play Store. They can download the app. They can connect with like-minded women. They can um, upskill through lots of masterclasses that they have, we have on the platform. Um, and it really does make a difference in helping more women um, accelerate their route into technology careers. So I'm contactable on the app, um, or if anyone's interested in partnering with us, I mean, we provide this education for free to women and to schools in the UK. Um, drop me a message at team at 
or via the website, which is www.kajigo.com as well. Awesome. We'll be sure to include all those links and all that good information in the posts. Uh, but Rav, thank you again so much. Have a fantastic rest of your day and we'll chat again soon. But thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. And Christian and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. That was a really great episode with Rav. Um, I know we had some audio issues at the beginning there, but the really great insights. Uh, Keith, know uh, what was one of your takeaways? Yeah, I think from you know talking to young young women and women, um, putting that positive spin on a tech career. I think that's that's a really awesome message that I can get behind. Uh, absolutely, you know, really appreciate Rav's uh, energy and commitment to just uh, you know just uh, pushing things forward and you know making tech and security just just a uh, more welcoming place and from a diversity perspective. So uh, we really really appreciate Rav taking time out of her evening joining mm-hmm. us all the way from the UK and uh, joining us today on on the podcast. And yeah. Also, she took a picture of all of us. So I'm curious to see how yes. that picture <laughs> turned out. I couldn't I couldn't see my own yeah. face. I well, don't know if I was well smiling properly. We'll have to see if we were <laughs> eyes closed or mouth open or what. But uh, very uh, special thank you to Rav uh, for joining us and as always we want to extend that special thank you to our loyal listeners and uh, viewers who join us each and every week if you did happen to miss an episode do check out old episodes on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page uh, and or on your preferred podcasting platform until next time be well be safe and we'll see you again next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast Mm -hmm.